and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM and Spotify. And uh, on the broadcast today, we're going to be taking a look at uh, the life of Jesus. We're currently doing a, a parallel study of the Gospels every other broadcast. And also every other broadcast, we're doing uh, commentary on our journey through the Old Testament. This way we can basically study our way through the Old and New Testaments at the same time. And today, we're going to begin taking a look at some of the parables of Jesus. Now, we note that Jesus spent a lot of time teaching using parables. Um, now, some people would say, what were parables? Well, these were stories, basically, from everyday life that the people could relate to. And in these parables there were interwoven spiritual truths. And um, that's what makes these parables so popular and, and really such valuable teaching tools uh, concerning the ministry of Jesus. And today we're going to be taking a look at the foolish barn builder. The foolish barn builder is what we're going to be taking a look at uh, today. And we're going to start in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to start in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, starting with verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he may divide his inheritance with me. And he, that is Jesus, said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not of the abundance of things which he possesses. Now, I want us to take a look at the fact that today it is very common for people to want more and more. I mean, people want bigger paychecks. Uh, they want their paychecks to go further. They want their paychecks to allow them to buy more and more things. And uh, I was talking the other day, interestingly enough, to someone on the phone, and they told me that uh, whenever they come across something they want to buy, they just buy it. And if they don't have any money for it, they put it on their charge card. And uh, to me, that's not a very good way for a Christian or anybody else to handle their personal finances. Uh, you need to sit down and figure out whether you can afford it or not. Amen? <laughs> Amen. But the point that Jesus is making here is that we need to understand that life is so much more than the bank account that you have. It is so much more than any money that you have. It is so much more than any material possessions that you possess. You know, nowadays it seems people want nice cars nice homes, nice furniture, nice clothes, and a big bank account to go with it. But, you know, one of these days, the Bible teaches us we're going to die. We're going to die one of these days. And guess what happens then? You go into eternity, and guess what? You can't take anything that you have on this earth right now with you. Not anything can go with you. It's all going to be left behind for your family and friends to fight over at your funeral. Amen. 
Now, you see, I figure I've done my family a big favor. Uh, I don't expect to have a lot of this world's goods left over when I die. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I don't expect to have a lot of this world's goods left over when I die. And I certainly know I can't take anything with me. And, and that's one reason why uh, the older I get, the more I can say money means less to me now than ever before. I mean, it really does. It, it doesn't mean much to me anymore. Because I know that the bulk of my life is behind me, not ahead of me. I mean, right now I'm 68, going on 69 years old. And even if I live to be 100, I'm still so much closer to eternity now than ever before. And like I say, I know that I can't take anything with me. I cannot take anything with me. You see, when I die, I go into eternity. I go to my heavenly home. I move into my heavenly mansion. Now, now let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I've never had anything like a mansion here on this earth. Never have and never expect to. But when I die, the Bible says I get to move into my heavenly mansion. Now, in light of that, along with my new heavenly body, why do I want to build up riches for me here on this earth when I can't take it with me anyway? Amen? Amen. And so Christ here is telling us that your life does not simply consist of what you have. And you certainly don't want what you have to have you. You know, when Jesus uh, presented biblical truth to the rich young ruler, the Bible tells us he walked away sorrowfully, for he had much riches. You see, if you get to the point where what you have matters to you more than God, you've got a problem. And so therefore, Jesus is teaching us that we need not get all wrapped up in things. Now that doesn't mean it's wrong to have things. It doesn't even mean that it's wrong to have money. And it doesn't mean it's wrong to have a lot of money. But none of that should have you. None of that should have you. Think of it this way. The more money you have, the more money you should be able to give to the benefit of others. And, of course, one of the things I always recommend to Christians everywhere is that you be sure to include your church in your estate planning. You know, many people will be able to give more money to their church when they die than any time while they were alive. And so it would be very considerate of you to include your church in your estate planning. I'm sure your pastor and church family would appreciate that. It would be very helpful to them. Um, I have never encouraged anyone to give money to this ministry, Sunshine USA, instead of giving money to their local church. Because I know that your local church comes first. Because, you know, they have needs just like you have needs. 
They have a building that has to be paid for. They've got utilities that have to be paid for. There are staff salaries that need to be paid. And so your church definitely has a need for any money that you can give. Amen. And you should do it to the best of your ability. Amen. Now, I'm one of these preachers. I don't harp on that. I don't uh, preach and teach a whole lot on giving. But I do know that it's important. And I hope that as our study of the Word of God helps you to grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, and that in turn helps you to grow spiritually, I hope that you'll see for yourself that giving needs to be a part of your life. Amen? Amen. Okay, now, now, let's uh, proceed onward here. Now we come to the fact that we need to realize that one of these days we're going to die. And you know, when that day comes, it's not going to matter what the size of your bank account is. It's not going to matter what house you lived in or how many nice pieces of furniture you had in that house. It's not going to matter what kind of wardrobe you have. The only thing that's going to matter is whether or not you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And you know, one of the things I like about that is it's so easy, it's so simple. I mean, I I have a very simple mind. There's nothing complicated about my mind. And even I can understand that all I have to do to receive eternal life is say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Lord, take control of my life. And you see, when I pray and ask Jesus to do that, he does that. Amen. Ever since I got saved in 1969, the month of November, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, Jesus has lived in my heart through the Holy Spirit. And I trust him with all the major decisions of my life. I know that God has never let me down. I've let God down plenty of times, but God has never let me down. And the most important thing that you could ever do is to give the Lord Jesus Christ control over your life. Now, let's look again at Luke chapter 12 and the next verse. It says, And he spake a parable unto them, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This I will do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all of my fruits and goods. And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much gift, uh, much goods laid down for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall all these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. That's verse 21. Now, Here we have the parable of the foolish barn builder. 
He says, you know what? I have produced so much stuff, <laughs> my barns can't hold it all. Now, bearing in mind, in, in biblical times, uh, people didn't have the kind of bank accounts that we do today. Most people who were rich were rich not in terms of cash, but in terms of material possessions, lots of cattle, lots of crops. And all of this, of course, was stored up in barns. And here we have the rich fool saying, I've got so much stuff I don't have room for it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down the barns that I have and I'm going to build bigger. And then I'm going to tell myself, eat, drink, and be merry because you've got stuff laid up for many years. <laughs> and notice what God says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who's all these things going to be? You see, God was telling him, you're going to die tonight. You're going to die in less than 24 hours. Before you can get started building all these bigger barns, you're going to be in eternity. Then where's all this stuff going to be and where are you going to be? You see, in eternity, there's only two places you can go, heaven or hell. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you made him the Lord of your life, then you're going to spend eternity in this terrible, awful place that the Bible calls hell. Now, you know, I, I think it's very unfortunate that we don't have enough sermons today, in my opinion, being preached on the topic of hell. But hell is a real place. It is a real place where real people go. And it's a place of awful suffering and pain. It's a place from which there is no escape. It's very interesting to note that Jesus during his earthly ministry spent more time preaching and teaching about hell than any other subject. He even preached and taught more about hell than he did heaven. You see, hell, hell is such a real place and such an awful place, Jesus felt it imperative to spend the bulk of his time warning people that hell is this terrible place you don't want to go. You know, in Luke chapter 16, we read about the rich man that died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. You see, one who goes to hell is going to be there forever and ever. There's no escape. It's going to be a place of eternal suffering, everlasting pain. And you know, the interesting thing is, people in hell will have a special kind of body. Just like we're going to have a new body in heaven, people in hell are going to have a new body too. Except their new body is going to be different from the new body that we will have as believers. Because you see, the new body that they have is going to be a body that will allow them to burn forever and suffer in pain forever, but with no relief. That rich ruler that you read about going to hell in Luke chapter 16 
If you go to hell, guess what? He is still going to be there. And he will not have one less second to be there. He will be there along with you forever and forever and forever and forever. But the good news is for you, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you still have a chance to be saved and come to know Christ as your Savior. You still have that opportunity to make heaven your home and not hell. And like I say, it's as simple as asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, and give you the kind of brand new life that only he can give you. A life so wonderful and exciting, and a life that nobody can take from you. And then in the future, when you face trials and tribulations and heartache and trouble, you'll have the Holy Spirit living inside of you to comfort you and guide you and direct you. Now, I hope if you're not saved right now, you'll pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin. And if you do, I hope that you'll contact me. The best way to contact me is by email. My email is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's warrenlandis at yahoo.com. I also have another email address. That email address is warrenlandis at gmail.com. warrenlandis at gmail.com. And then I have a snail mail address where you can contact me. And that snail mail address is warrenlandis, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510. Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. This is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And I'll be glad to send you some materials that will help you as you grow in the Lord. And another thing I will do for you, I will help you find a church in whatever town, city, or country you live in. Just uh, contact me. And uh, I will find you a church in close proximity to where you live. And then I'll get back in touch with you. Now, of course, when you contact me, I will ask you for your contact information so that I can contact you with the information that I have. And if you like, I can give your contact information to another church and let them contact you if you prefer. But I won't do that part without your permission. But the important thing is I want you to get plugged into a church and make a commitment every day to read and study your Bible and make a commitment every day to spend time in prayer, talking with God. Now, the length of your prayer, in my opinion, is not so important as the sincerity of your heart and, of course, the content of your prayer. I think you're going to find that as you mature spiritually, your prayers will automatically, inevitably get longer because you're going to have more and more to talk about. It's kind of like when you meet a new friend. You know, at first you're kind of shy. You don't say very much because you don't know this other person very well. But as you get to know them, you begin to open up to them more and more. 
That's the way it is between you and God. The more you get to know God, the closer you get to God, the more you will inevitably want to talk to him and spend time alone with him, taking to him all the problems that you have. Because he really does care for you. And by the way, when you contact me by email or snail mail, be sure to share with me your prayer requests. I can assure you I pray over each and every prayer request that you send my way. And if you have a question about Bible study, I will do my best to find you the answer that you're looking for, and I will get back with you. Every question is important, no doubt about it. And in fact, the only question not important, well, there is no question not important. Because if you ask me a question, I will answer it. <laughs> and I will get back with you. I, I give you my word on that. Amen? Amen. Well, you know, it, it's very interesting. We're coming into the Thanksgiving season of the year. Thanksgiving Day is not very far away at all. And this is a time of the year where we need to give thanks for that which we have. And it's a time of the year when we need to love each other and pray for each other. I think America and the world needs that more now than ever before. We need to pray. We need to turn back to God. That's really what the essence of the Sunshine USA ministry is all about. Now, by the way, if you're listening to this broadcast today, that is, if you're listening uh, to this broadcast here on a Saturday, you need to make sure here in America that you turn your clocks back one hour. There might be other countries around the world that do the same thing. I don't know. But here in the United States, most parts of the country, there's only a couple of parts of the country where they don't do this, but in most parts of the country, uh, daylight savings time ends at 2 a.m. in the morning. And so the best thing you could do is to set your clocks back one hour, and um, that way you'll be on time for church in the morning. Amen? Amen. Well... Uh, I don't know about you, I enjoy this get-together that we have every single day, and I enjoy the emails and the letters that you send my way. I enjoy hearing from you. Um, it's a great joy knowing that here on Sunshine USA, I'm, I'm teaching maybe one of the biggest, one of the largest Bible classes on earth. We have listeners in so many different countries. And, you know, when you think about it, we can all stand united behind the Bible. We might have differences of opinion politically and economically, but we can all agree about the Bible, that the Bible is the holy, inspired, inerrant word of God. It is a book so powerful it can transform lives. I can tell you right now about people whose life has been changed and revolutionized by the Bible. I heard one time about this Jewish man 
he was in federal prison on mail fraud charges. And somebody had placed a Bible in his jail cell. There was nobody to witness to him, nobody to preach to him, but he had the Bible and he opened up that Bible. He became especially interested in the New Testament. And the more he read and studied his Bible, the more he became convinced that indeed and the fact Jesus Christ was the promised Messiah. And he prayed right there in his prison cell. And he asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart. Now, you know, he had to pay a big price for that. His Jewish family totally disowned him. They would no longer have anything to do with him. In fact, they even had a mock funeral for him. As far as they were concerned, he no longer existed. He didn't exist anymore. They would have nothing more to do with him. But in spite of that heavy price, he went on, decided to live for Christ. God called him in the ministry. And he spent some time teaching, I believe, at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary for a while. Later on, he would have a ministry preaching in pulpits across America. In fact, he had a, a sermon, which was basically his life testimony, and it was called From Prison to the Pulpit. From Prison to the Pulpit. And I, I like what he said about the ministry one time. He said, you know, let me assure you folks, there's no money to be made in the ministry. Because he said, you know what? If there was money to be made in the ministry, there'd be more of my people in it. But he is just one example among many. A person whose life was totally transformed. Totally, dramatically changed because of the power of the Bible. And no other book has that kind of power. But the Bible does. And if you haven't made reading and studying the Bible a daily part of your routine... I hope that you'll start doing that today. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at the difference this will make in your life. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.